This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Currently 54 degrees in downtown Boise. It is uh, 6.06. That's the coolest it's been in a while. Yeah. Back after a three-day weekend. It's Tuesday. It always sucks coming back to work to discuss uh, a Boise State loss. It really sucks Mm -hmm. to come back to work and uh, discuss a Boise State thrashing because it doesn't happen very often. Today is... uh, Tuesday, but it will be Bronco Monday today because we were off yesterday. Bob Beeler will be with us coming up here at about 8.35 to uh, talk about the Washington game, and then we'll never mention it again. 37-point loss. I thought thought the first 19 minutes were pretty good. Beginning of the third quarter was good. Mm. Um, If you could just take away the second and the fourth quarters, uh, then you would not have the 40 points that... To talk about. Funny how you can't, though. Yeah. Boise State giving up 28 unanswered points in the second half. (sighs) So many different ways that you can uh, go uh, on this particular game, and we'll talk a lot about it coming up with Bob Beeler. We'll hear from the coach what he has to say. I will will say this. As bad as this loss looked, doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, other than if Boise State wants to get to a New Year's Bowl game, and even that's not out of the realm of possibility, depending on what happens the rest of the season. Number one goal for Boise State every year is to win the Mountain West, Mm -hmm. and this did nothing to deter them from winning the Mountain West. They can still win the Mountain West. This is true. So there are, you know, ways to be positive about this. First home game of the year comes up uh, this weekend, Mm -hmm. University of Central Florida. University of Central Florida scored 56 points last week. Yes, they did. <laughs> the same uh, number that Boise State gave up. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, uh, they do have uh, a good offense, but Kent State is no Washington. That's true. And in all fairness, if you watched the game on Saturday, you saw a bunch of players that will be playing in the NFL next year including a quarterback and at least two, maybe three wide receivers who will be playing on Sundays next year. Penix was pretty good. Yeah. Um, He basically picked up right where he left off last year. He is in a Heisman Trophy uh, conversation for this year. He is uh, one of the pre-picks to possibly be in New York in January. Um, Don't know if he's going to... He's Heisman, chosen or not, but the Heisman Trophy award ceremony. Yeah, um, he's got he's got competition even from his own conference, University of uh, Southern California, USC quarterback, even being talked about ahead of Penix mm. when it comes to that conversation. You've got two wide receivers that'll be playing in the NFL uh, next year. You got a couple of defensive linemen. So, I mean, talent wise, when you looked at those two teams, there's definitely a difference. In talent. Right. And one was unranked and one was ranked in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, that was probably fairly accurate. Yeah. Now, there were great weekend, opening weekend, even the game last night. 
big upset. Had to be kind of a surprise. <laughs> if you're if you rooted for Clemson, it was a big, big surprise. It wouldn't be a surprise at all if you were a basketball fan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Duke Duke beating Clemson in basketball, not a big not, deal, not right? A big deal. Yeah. When it comes to in uh, football, especially when last, the game really wasn't close. Last time, let's see. Last time Duke had beaten a top ten team. I was 24. I'm 58 now. So it was 34 years ago. LSU didn't have a good weekend for being the fifth-ranked team in the country that will no longer be the fifth-ranked team no, that, in the country. That's, that is true also. <laughs> so they, there, they, they were kind of surprised. Yeah, there, there's a, a bunch of upsets uh, that happened over the weekend. T, TCU was surprised. Yeah, TCU was Coach, probably, what the hell happened? And Coach Prime had a good weekend. <laughs> I thought I thought Colorado was supposed to suck this year. That they were supposed to only win two or three games. What happened? Deion Sanders happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, or at least that's our, our story until this coming <laughs> week. If they lose this coming week, then he's just another coach. He but. was he was pretty happy about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so there there. I mean, it's the first week of the season, so I, I know. And watching social media, which you probably did the same um, already. Week number one. People calling for uh, Taylor Green to be benched and mm-hmm. Andy Avalos to be fired. Mm-hmm. Good God. And the defensive coordinator as well. So much uh, for last year, they were calling for the Taylor Green to be quarterback. Now, not even a full season later, yeah. they're, oh, we need, to, we need to bench him. What's that, what's that <laughs> Janet Jackson song? What have you done for me lately? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, we have uh, tickets for you. No one has more Boise State football tickets than KBOI. Uh, I want to see the Broncos take on University of Central Florida this coming Saturday on the Blue. Listen this morning in the 9 o'clock hour for your cue to text. All right, You will be texting. We'll give you your cue to text. It will happen in the 9 o'clock hour. And you, one winner, will get a pair of tickets to the Albertsons Stadium for this weekend's game. Also listen this afternoon. Nate Shellman will have another chance for you to win. If you want to go see the Broncos, absolutely free and their home opener here's your chance to do it our text line number by the way is 208-336-3700 all right so we'll be giving away tickets all this week you see where uh ucf has been practicing on yeah. a blue field yeah there's a there's a high school field down there it's a private christian school <laughs> but they installed their own blue field and uh ucf is, is going over there to practice just to I, I don't even. I don't. To me, it's nothing because I mean, it, yeah, it's like it's, it, it's been. It's not it's, like it's faster, slower, or anything like that. The field has been blue here since 1986, and so we're just completely used to it. There's nothing to it. But other people, if you've never played on blue before, it I guess it messes with your mind at some point. Uh, well, uh, the fact that they're practicing on the blue seems to me like it's already messing with their mind. Now, apparently, yeah. I mean, I've heard teams practice because of noise. Right, uh, right. And, and pipe in noise. I've we, heard, we do that. I've I've heard teams practice, and we do this too, uh, who practice for heat and humidity. Boise uh-huh. State closes up the Cavern Williams Center it's, and it's, it's heats it get, up and puts in water. I was, was going to say it's hard to get that many players into a sauna all at the same time. But they, but do. they do it. So um, it, it's just weird. I've never heard it, people practice on different colored turf to get ready for different colored turf and granted Boise State's the only one with different yeah. colored turf so uh, who least, knows maybe least, it makes a difference at I least don't in know. our in our division you go down a division and there's eastern washington in that red field i still can't get used the, to the that. one they call the inferno mm-hmm. that one to me is blue is the blue turf is beautiful the red turf is ghastly but that's me
on the other hand, there are people out there who think it. And see, I, my, I've always maintained, clear back in 1986, somebody said, don't you think that's stupid? They put in a blue field. And I said, no, it's not real grass. Why should it pretend it is by being green? <laughs> now, there's another. We have had people practice on real grass who the team is used to playing on AstroTurf and vice versa. Right. But you don't have people go, oh, look, they're, they're real grass is, is kind of brownish. We better find right. a brownish yeah, exactly. stadium to practice on. It's just the weird that the color makes a big difference. Um, once again, listen in at 9 o'clock. We'll have your first chance to win your tickets later this afternoon. Nate Shellman will have them. We've got them all week long here on News Talk KBOI. Just listen in to win. We'll be texting 9 o'clock. Listen just after 9 o'clock uh, for your cue to text and win here on News Talk KBOI. Speaking of sports, let's get our first check on what is going uh, on with sports, other sports today. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in Kiona, the place to go when you're looking for a delicious breakfast. Went there Friday. Holy cow, their food is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's so good. Get in today. They're open up every day, seven days a week, beginning at 7 a.m. for your breakfast. The Boise State women's soccer team is still at 500 following a weekend in Arizona. Thursday, Boise State played to a scoreless tie with Arizona State. Then Sunday, the Broncos tied 1-1 with Arizona. On Monday, Boise State goalkeeper Genevieve Crenshaw was named the Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Crenshaw blocked five of six shots on goal in the two games in Arizona. The Bronco team will next host Eastern Washington at the Boaz Soccer Complex. That's Thursday at 7. Then Sunday at 1, Boise State will host Oregon State. According to USA Today, the number one attraction for sports fans in the United States is the blue turf at Albertson Stadium. In July, the newspaper listed the blue turf as one of 10 sites nominated for that honor. Then readers voted. It's an eclectic list. In second place is the California Surf Museum in Oceanside. Third is the Field of Dreams movie site in Dyersville, Iowa. And that's followed by the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Museum in Colorado Springs, the Kentucky Derby Museum in Louisville, and the birthplace of Babe Ruth, in Baltimore. That's sports. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Wasting away again in Margaritaville. Come Monday, it'll be alright. Son of a son, son of a son, son of a son of a sailor. Funny you should ask, Alan. I'd say it's five o'clock somewhere. Oh, he is going to be missed. Jimmy Buffett passed away on Friday. Merkel cell skin cancer. Four-year battle with Merkel cell skin cancer. Uh, His uh, final appearance happened uh, over the Fourth of July holiday in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Kind of a surprise, where he just played for about twenty. Minutes, according to the statement announcing his death, 76-year-old passed away peacefully at home in Long Island, New York, surrounded by his friends, his family, his music, and his dogs. Mm, that's and nice. 
For those of you who uh, believe this comes in threes, it, it did this weekend. One of them happened right here in Boise. Steve Harwell, Smash Mouth, uh, died this weekend. Yeah. You might as well be walking on the sun. Harwell passed away uh, yesterday. He was only 56 years old. Uh, According to his uh, hospice care, he uh, died due to liver failure, and Mm -hmm. he has struggled for many years um, with a lot of medical problems. On Sunday, they announced that he was uh, entering hospice care. And that he probably didn't have long to live. And then Monday morning, that was it. He was gone. Did you know he lived here in Boise? Had no idea. No idea either. (laughs) No idea. This was uh, where he lived. He died at home here in Boise. Um, He'll be cremated here. And uh, then he'll be flown to San Jose to be buried, which was where he was born. He was also diagnosed with cardio, uh, cardiomyopathy, suffered from nonstop serious medical setbacks, yeah. which affected his speech and memory, which forced him to retire from Smash Mouth back in 2021. Oh, and uh, the third, you said they come in threes. They, the third they come one was, in threes. Yeah, there's the third one right there. Gary Wright passing away over the weekend also. A couple of uh, hit songs that he had. This one, along with Dreamweaver, both off the same album. He had passed away uh, due to complications from Parkinson's disease and Louis dementia. Which is what Robin Williams had. Yeah. 80 years old as he passed away over the weekend. So for those of you who believe in three, look, it's been confirmed. Your bias has been confirmed. <laughs> Crazy. I, I don't know if uh, I would guess that since Steve Harwell is in Boise, um, I mean, just recently, Smash Mouth played at the Western Idaho Fair, minus Steve Harwell because he's mm. no longer with the band. Right. Um, trouble singing and, and speaking, but my guess is probably they more than likely saw Got each together. other while they were while they were here in, Maybe. in Boise. Yeah. That would so, make sense. Yeah. yeah. Coming up for you this morning, um, it's also uh, our first day on the radio after a Boise State game, and we will continue the tradition again this year of the play of the game. This year it's brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru, and coming up uh, around 9 o'clock, we've got the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game, and today you're going to get a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Great meat! Feel like your meat. A uh, chance to win coming up if you listen to the post game. Once again, listen in just before nine o'clock. We'll be looking for somebody to identify that play of the game. If you know what it is, stick around. It could mean a fifty dollars gift certificate to R and R Barbecue. Once again, that's going to be coming up just before nine o'clock this morning. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Right now, there are thousands of vehicles snaking their way out of Burning Man after those monsoonal rains over the weekend turned the event into a giant, mucky slip and slide with event goers told to conserve water, food and fuel and at one point asked to help clean around the portable toilets. 
Authorities say they're still investigating the death of a 32-year-old man over the weekend. That is a massive cleanup begins. Thousands of event goers actually staying behind to help clean it up. And on the way out, we spoke to so many folks who said they were actually satisfied with the event. They enjoyed persevering through that adversity. Some of them said, however, next year they might not come back. Oh, I can't wait for next year. I so want to go back. Please let me go to Burning Man. I would love to pay the $600 to go be stuck in traffic because idiots are protesting climate change and blocking traffic on the way there and then not being able to uh, get out because of the uh, rains this weekend, overflowing toilets. Uh, I saw a uh, motorhome that was buried up to its axles in mud i don't know how long it's going to take to get that out that's Ab- funny absolute buried, mess i was buried up to my axle in that stuff <laughs> oh what what a mess unless you're a celebrity you probably didn't get out of there yeah uh diplo and chris rock uh able to escape the festival while thousands of others remain behind in the mud the wet the overflowing toilets the disease uh just a mess the filth. Filth. And if you're wondering, well, why why were the toilets? Well, you can't get in to empty. Service trucks cannot reach yeah. the portable toilets. They have to be emptied with as many people who are there. Um, probably twice a day would be my guess that the trucks were there to, usually would be there to empty the uh, porta-potties. But I like to limit my concert going to some place with a reliable city sewer hooked up. <laughs> I saw the uh, pictures yesterday uh, of people trying to leave, people stuck, people not able to even walk in the muck because it was very uh, slippery. Mm-hmm. And then uh, watching the people entering, these, these are the number of people that are trying to leave through this muck and crap today, some being told to wait till the day to, you know, to help with the traffic as people were starting to leave uh, yesterday. Um, but when you look at that, people that were entering last week um they had uh miles long and it was about 15 to 20 cars wide of people coming from right. the desert to, there to were get there Eighty thousand people to start the thing and when it started to rain heavily ten thousand left and then the ones who stayed <laughs> they were the smart ones. The, the, there were seventy thousand that stayed and couldn't get out for a few days i, I can just hear that conversation Margaret, we can't leave. We paid $1,200 for these tickets. We've only used about half of the ticket usage. We're staying through the bitter end. Damn it, I wish we would have left. Let's go back to, gee, I wish we were home watching a news report of this on television. Oh, my goodness. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is 645. Time for another update on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by our friends once again at uh, Pork Belly and Cunard. Place to go if you are hungry. Lots of great food and just an absolutely delicious menu. Check it out for yourself before you go. If you want to check it out, you can find it at theporkbellyidaho.com. Don't forget to follow them on Facebook. Get in on some of their weekly specials. Former NFL quarterback turned ESPN analyst Robert Griffin III suffered a wardrobe malfunction while toasting the return of college football on Saturday during the lead-in to the Boise State-Washington game, which 
as we mentioned, was won by the Huskies, 56-19. to Griffin was taping a TV segment standing on a boat in Lake Washington next to the stadium. Griffin said, let's go ahead and start this thing with a splash. He then jumped from the boat into the water. As he soared through the air, the camera captured his pants splitting right down the middle. As he uh, surfaced, Griffin shouted, I ripped my pants. My pants are falling <laughs> off. Play-by-play announcer uh, Bob Wiskusen segued to a commercial break saying, someone get that man a life preserver and get him to the booth. The Boise State men's golf team Monday finished in sixth place at the Island Resort Intercollegiate Golf Tournament at Sage Run Golf Club in Harris, Michigan. The University of Michigan was the overall winner. Two Bronco golfers placed in the top ten for the tournament. Will O'Connor shot nine under to tie for fourth. Cole Rook placed tenth at six under. Gavin Knight of the Broncos finished tied for 35th at one over par. Boise State plays next at the Kansas State Invitational September 17th. That's sports. Your home of the Broncos for 50 years. 670 KBOI. Boise. 93.1 KBOI FM. New Plymouth. News Talk. KBOI. From ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Police in Pennsylvania updating their search for an escaped killer, Danilo Cavalcante, on the run for nearly a week after breaking out of a prison near Philadelphia. The search perimeter expanding, now about five miles from the prison. We continue to ask for the public's help by familiarizing themselves with the photograph and the description of Cavalcante. Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens with the Pennsylvania State Police at a news conference minutes ago. A $10,000 reward is being offered for any information. Court today for embattled Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton as his impeachment trial gets underway. Paxton has faced years of scandal and alleged crimes that came to a head when the state house voted overwhelmingly to impeach him on articles of bribery and abuse of public trust. Paxton calling it a politically motivated sham. If convicted, he'll be removed from office. Mark Remillard, ABC News. Also going on trial, former Trump aide Peter Navarro accused of failing to turn over documents and provide testimony to the House January 6th committee. And former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio gets sentenced this afternoon after being convicted of seditious conspiracy for stoking the Capitol riot. The U.S. Senate returns from summer recess today, and among the lawmakers back in session, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell after his very public health scare. Did you hear the question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026? An aide to McConnell last week stepping in after he froze and appeared unable to speak during an appearance in Kentucky, the congressional physician later giving McConnell the all-clear. The U.S. Open interrupted last night by a man hurling an alleged racial slur against Germany's Alexander Zverev who reported the man mid-match. That sound, courtesy of the USTA and ESPN, the fan was identified and escorted out. You're listening to ABC News. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regions Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, now that we're only uh, weeks away from the start of fall, temperatures have finally started cooling a bit, and what we experienced in July and August when it was hot, changing a little bit. But experts say it's still warm enough that we need to plan ahead for hydration before we head out for a long hike, bike ride, or any one of our other favorite outdoor activities. Uh, Can you talk to us a little bit more about that this morning? 
Yeah, happy to. Regardless of the time of the year, certainly summer in particular, hydration is really important to keeping our bodies healthy. By avoiding dehydration and staying properly hydrated, we're really better able to regulate body temperature, prevent infection, deliver important nutrients to cells, and even improve our sleep quality. Do you think people fully understand the difference between being thirsty and being dehydrated? Probably not. I mean, it it can be confusing. Being thirsty is really a sensation that our body creates to tell us that it's simply time to drink more fluids, water in particular. Being dehydrated is really a more is more severe, has some classic signs and symptoms, things like dry mouth, cracked lips. But there are other symptoms that it's important to pay attention to, which include things like if you're getting a headache, feeling dizzy and lightheaded. That can be early stages. And then more severe stages of dehydration include things like abnormal breathing, fast heart rate, feeling lethargic, or even having low blood pressure. It seems like avoiding dehydration should be fairly easy. It is, but when we're busy working or playing sports, obviously we can get caught up and forget to hydrate. So the key is to drink water before we're thirsty. So if you know you're going to be out in the heat, it's recommended that you drink at least eight ounces of water every 15 to 20 minutes, and that's about a quart per hour. Our next topic is one that just about all of us can probably pay attention to and relate to. What can we do to take a bit of the sting out of Mondays? Yeah. Our, I mean, our busy Monday through Friday work week schedules, whether it's work or school, certainly can take a toll on, on us. Um, and the weekends, for, for most people that work traditional schedules, can provide some much needed time to recover, spend time with family and friends, catch up on sleep, work on a hobby. And then, of course, before we know it, it's Sunday night and we can feel our stress levels rising over the, the new week. So there are some things that we can do to kind of counter those Monday blues. All right. Since you're the expert and the doctor, what are a couple of those things that come to mind for you? <laughs> well, first, you know, change the way you think about Friday. So go backwards. Treat Fridays like sort of any other day, stay productive. And then on Friday afternoons, we can think about preparing ourselves for that Monday, have a plan for the start of the week so it may be a little less onerous or stressful. And then once the weekend arrives, resist the urge to sort of pack too much into a couple of those days. We need some downtime. And then as Monday starts again, we have an opportunity to think about it as a new beginning, a fresh start, uh, and a chance to accomplish something new. So attitude really is everything. That is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp they're beginning to boil Reliving the music of Jimmy Buffett who passed away over the weekend after a, a long sick sickness, he'd been uh, can- uh, battling skin cancer for the past four mm-hmm. years, finally succumbed to that, surrounded by uh, family, friends, his dogs, and his music. 
He was uh, one of those guys that was apparently so good in concert. Everybody who went just had a terrific time at his concerts. And so he he didn't, you know, need to have a lot of hits over the past 20 years. Uh, His music, I think, became bigger hits than the music basically were hits on the charts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of, kind of to, to back up what you, you say there. For instance, I mean, more Cheeseburger people, and Paradise yeah, was never people, a big hit. Right. More people discovered his music later than uh, ever knew it when he was on the charts. The only real big hit he ever had, I think uh, the only top ten hit he had was Margaritaville that hit like number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Come Monday, uh, I thought was a great song, but it only got to number 30 on the charts. Yeah, he, he never enjoyed huge success on the charts. Uh, but he was great live in concert, yeah. and as you mentioned, you know, people just loved his music because it was feel-good music, and uh, kind of proof of that. I mean, before he had his first hit, um, he was almost living on the streets. I mean, he, he was to the point of where he didn't have any place, and then his music started to take off. He started to make money, yeah. and when he passed away, do you know how much he was worth? No, I do not. Take a guess. Uh, and then and then add some more to it. <laughs> Ten million bucks. One billion dollars. Okay, that that that's more than I thought. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett when he passed away, uh, his net worth was around one billion dollars. Wow. So, uh, also passing away, Steve Harwell, lead singer of Smash Mouth, during their years when they had so many hits, um, he was no longer with the band because he had trouble due to his medical conditions Mm -hmm. and he had numerous uh he officially passed away um from liver failure liver failure but he had myocarditis myocarditis um he had problems heart problems that he was battling and uh retired in 2021 because he was having trouble with his memory and uh also other health problems so officially passed away though here in boise i no idea that he lived here in Boise. No, I didn't know either. Passed away at his home here in Boise. Well, to, to be weekend. fair, I couldn't have told you his name until the other day. Yeah, I, I could. I mean, I've met him before, um, numerous times. He's mm-hmm. he's been here um, in concert uh, along with Smash Mouth. Um, most recently, he was here for the Western Idaho Fair. Um, so he he's a lot of times he's gone through town with the band, and uh, they had uh, quite a bit of success. Um, in the early 2000s. And, uh, of course, if you walk, watch the movie Shrek at all, that was <laughs> the theme song for the movie Shrek. So he also passed away, as did uh, Gary Wright over the uh, weekend. Uh, yeah. Biggest hit, Dreamweaver. Love is Alive. I think both of them hit number two on the charts, if right, I remember correctly. Did. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Still on the way for you this morning. Uh, an Idaho woman involved in the U.S. Capitol riot. Um, she got recommendation for how much time she should spend in prison. Might be a surprise. I think it probably was to her. Um, she's actually been on uh, KBOI with us a couple of different times for interviews. We'll tell you what the recommendation for how much time she should st- spend in prison. Uh, we'll get to that on the way for you this morning. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com. 
and Mike at KBOI.com. Right now, it's another update with sports brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go if you are hungry. You want to get your day started off with hip drips, coffee, don't even have to get out of your car, energy drinks. Go through the uh, drive-thru at uh, Pork Belly. They're open for breakfast, and the drive-thru is open as it is every day, Monday through Sunday at 7 a.m. The Boise State football team will host Central Florida on Saturday. Knights head coach Gus Malzahn said Monday his team will practice at least once this week on the blue turf field of a Christian school in Orlando called Masters Academy. Central Florida is coming off a dominant 56-6 win over Kent State. The Broncos, of course, lost 56-19 at Washington. Since 2000, Boise State has 130 wins and only 15 losses on the blue turf. That's an 89.7% winning percentage. The only team in the nation with a better home record during that time is Oklahoma, but just barely. The Sooners' winning percentage is 90.8. There was one game in college football Monday, and it was an upset. Unranked Duke dominated number 9 Clemson 28-7. Clemson led 7-6 at halftime, but turned over the ball three times in the second half, including two lost fumbles. Duke had not beaten a top-10 opponent in football since 1989 <laughs> when their head coach was Steve Spurrier. That year, coincidentally, wow. they beat number 7, Clemson. That's sports. Wake up informed. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Casper and Chris. News Talk KBOI. We get underway with the first week of September, the day off yesterday because the stock market was closed for Labor Day. Um, let's look ahead to uh, what we can expect uh, in sub- September. Standard & Poor, of course, coming off its best week since June last week. Uh, what do we have to look forward to this month? Yeah, I mean, we're just seeing some some steam in the economy really off of what came through last week. Now, this week will be relatively quiet and investors are going to be paying very close attention to any comments made by our central bank. We have more inflation reports coming through more mid-month. But again, we're looking at the likelihood. I mean, most investors looking at the Federal Reserve will basically pause. And this morning, things are a little bit flat coming off a long holiday weekend. We're seeing some data, some more data out of China, putting some downward sentiment on the markets thus far. But, you know, you also have some things that could drive September higher. And there's some interesting numbers that historically, and I've said this before, September is the worst months for stocks. If we just look at the S&P 500, on average, since 1928, we've seen a drop of one, oh, just north of one percent in September. However, you have we have some conflicting data against that because when the S and P 500 has posted a gain of 10 percent to 20 percent through August, which we have, the S and P 500 has posted a gain of over 17 percent thus far this year. The rest of the year has averaged a gain of almost eight percent. So again. We don't want to get too caught up in this downtrodden uh, uh, view of seasonality for September. There's a few right. things that could that could be a tailwind. You still have this artificial intelligence mania still hyped up. There's plenty of cash on the sidelines. There's there's roughly over five point five um, tri- bil- trillion dollars. Or sorry, billion dollars of money market funds. So people just sitting in cash, taking more conservative approach. You also have Apple coming out with their with their new iPhone this month. So there's some. There's some things that could sway that could sway the markets uh, higher just based on the overall performance that we've seen and just this now, um, this optimism that's in technology as well. Just real quickly, we also have one thing that could sway the market lower, right? And that's a possible government shutdown that we're looking down the barrel at. 
Yep, here we go again. I mean, the the, the standoff of how we're gonna can, how we're gonna fund the uh, the operations of our government. Now we. We just got to take this for what it is, and I think we got a very good snapshot of this a few weeks ago when we had that looming debt ceiling, and I think it'll be some political brinksmanship, some political theater at its finest, but ultimately they will they will extend it and, and carry it off, hopefully, or else we're just, we'll, we'll see some more turmoil in the market. So again, I'm more optimistic on that side that there will right. be a, a resolution to that, but again, it could be another factor, and we got CPI data coming this month, too, that could sway things the other way. All right, looking uh, right now, like I said, uh, futures basically flat right now nasdaq down 48 uh opening here in just about uh six minutes or so we'll get an update from you throughout the day and talk to you again tomorrow morning thanks gents ben shapiro this afternoon at one now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 741 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through and take part in the show. Always encouraged. Also toll free 1-800-529-5264. Score one for Pornhub and Pornhub users. Federal judge ruled Friday that a Texas law requiring pornography sites to institute age verification measures and add prominent warning labels about the alleged dangers of porn violates the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment prohibition against free speech restrictions. Lawsuit seeking to overturn the Texas legislation was filed August 4th by Free Speech Coalition, a group that included Pornhub's uh, parent company, adult industry advocacy groups, and an adult performer referred to in filings as Jane Doe. So they sued because the access to pornography wasn't good enough that they were forced to verify age of everybody using it mm. and also to add the warning that gotcha. pornography could be dangerous so they decided to sue rather than just find something else in the vast uh, mm-hmm. uh, emptiness that is the internet the judge concluded The court agrees that the state has a legitimate goal in protecting children from sexually explicit material online, but that goal, however crucial, does not negate this court's burden to ensure that the law is passed in its pursuit or pursuit comport with established First Amendment doctrine. There are viable and constitutional means to achieve Texas's goal, and nothing in this order prevents the state from pursuing those means, unquote. What does this mean for other states like Utah, the most recent to also require age verification? Uh, They are one of at least four other states that have enacted similar age verification laws aimed at blocking access to pornography sites. They are Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Virginia. I mean, basically, it's it's states that have a lot of people that go to church. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. Pornhub, Pornhub, for one, after complying with Louisiana law, subsequently opted to block access to users in the four other states. So, in other words, in those states, not only are they not requiring age verification, in Utah, for instance, and we talked about this when this law became, went into effect, they're not allowing anybody in the state yeah. to go to their website. Will there be enough outrage? There's probably a lot of outrage. My guess is, I mean, it's not public outrage, I gonna, right? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, it, what do you do if you're mad at Pornhub? Do you go on TV and tell everybody, <laughs> no. hey, I those, was trying to look at pornography, and it became slightly less convenient. Those SOBs 
Can't get to my favorite website now? Somebody has to do something about this. I mean, if you're an executive at Pornhub, do you tell your family what you do for a living? Probably. Because you probably make pretty good money, right? Where do you work, Daddy? Uh, I work in plastics. (laughs) 208-336-3700-pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. Do you agree with the ruling from the judge? Go ahead and give us a call. Weigh in with your thoughts. Uh, in the meantime, we'll get one final check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning, it's brought to you by Pork Belly in Cuna, the place to go when you want a great breakfast, a great lunch. Uh, not only is it great food, but there's lots of it, too. Get in. They're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. Sunday, Los Angeles Dodgers starting pitcher Julio Urias was arrested on felony charges of domestic violence. He was booked Sunday night and released Monday morning on a $50,000 bond. The facts of the arrest were not released. Four years ago, Urias was suspended for 20 games by Major League Baseball after shoving his girlfriend to the ground in the parking lot of a Los Angeles shopping mall. The Boise State women's soccer team is still at 500 following a weekend in Arizona. They have one win, one loss, and now three ties. Thursday, Boise State played to a scoreless tie with Arizona State. Then Sunday, the Broncos tied 1-1 with Arizona. On Monday, Boise State goalkeeper Genevieve Crenshaw was named the Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Crenshaw blocked five of six shots on goal in the two games in Arizona. The Bronco team will next host Eastern Washington at the Boaz Soccer Complex Thursday at 7 p.m. And then Sunday at 1 p.m., Boise State will be hosting Oregon State. That's sports. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752. Good morning. Thanks for listening in. 208-336-3700. Toll free. 1-800-529-5264 if you want to take part in the show. Update on a story we've been following along for the last couple of years, and as a matter of fact, she has even appeared a few different times on interviews on News Talk KBOI. New court documents show how long U.S. attorneys believe 56-year-old Yvonne St. Cyr should spend in prison for her role in the Capitol riot on January 6th of 2021. We now know how long a Boise woman could spend behind bars for her role in the 2021 United States Capitol riot. The Department of Justice believes that 56-year-old Yvonne St. Cyr should be in prison for 33 months. It's nearly three years. St. Cyr is one of six Idahoans who have been charged for their role, their involvement on January 6th in D.C. And our Abby Davis read through the recommendation from the Department of Justice. And Abby, why 33 months? It seems specific. Yeah, well, Joe, the 41-page court document details what St. Cyr did on January 6th. It also goes through what happened during her trial last spring. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, who submitted the document, said the nearly three-year time frame is based on federal guidelines. I hope you're happy. This is what you wanted. This is what you got. That's 56-year-old Yvonne St. Cyr from Idaho. Yeah, this is America. She's just one of thousands who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Soon, St. Cyr might spend some time behind bars for her involvement. New court documents filed on September 2nd show the Department of Justice thinks St. Cyr should spend 33 months in prison. That's two years and nine months. 
The U.S. attorney who submitted the sentencing memorandum also recommends three years of supervised release and about $2,000 in fines. There is no more freedom, guys. St. Cyr was found guilty of six charges last spring. Those charges include two counts of interfering with police officers during a civil disorder and entering and remaining in a restricted building. St. Cyr was also involved in disorderly and disruptive conduct. Go, go, go! Dude, don't stop on the stairs. Go, we gotta get out. It's... That's all gas. They tear gas the American... During an interview with KTVB two years ago, St. Cyr said she doesn't regret going to the Capitol. I did not have any intention of committing a crime. If I am guilty of poor judgment and I'm guilty, then I'll own that. I own what I do. Um, but I still believe in what I did was the right thing. U.S. attorneys who worked on the memo don't agree. The document states St. Cyr is someone who, quote, does what she wants despite the rules, regulations, and the law. It also states a 33-month sentence, along with supervised release and fines, would reflect the gravity and seriousness of St. Cyr's conduct. U.S. Attorney Matthew, Gra uh, Matthew Graves recommended three years of supervised release and about $2,000 in fines, in addition to the almost three years in prison. Wow. Now, these are, months. these are recommendations. Her sentencing is set for September 13th. St. Cyr is one of six Idahoans who have been charged in connection with the Capitol riot, which left five people dead. Even though those five people did not die because of the riot, one person died because of the riot, and that was the woman who was shot by police, Capitol Police. The others died after the riot later in the day and the next day. An estimated $1.5 million in damages happened to the uh, Capitol during the January 6th riots. Your thoughts? If this does end up being what she receives, and this is the recommendation, fair or not? I don't know, two years and nine months. I mean, on the one hand, it seems like an awful lot. Uh, you know, and I guess unless you really think about the seriousness of, of all the charges, if you don't know, you know, the circumstances and all that and just heard those charges, you'd go, yeah, three years, that's, that's, yeah. that's minimum for this. As you mentioned, quoting here, once again, I did not have any intention of committing a crime. I, if I'm guilty of poor judgment, I'm guilty and I'll own that, but I still believe that I did the right thing, unquote. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 806, still on the way this hour. It is Bronco Monday. Yes, I know it's Tuesday, but we had the day off yesterday, so we will be doing Bronco Monday today, talking about... The latest Bronco game against Washington, plus the upcoming game, the uh, home opener this coming Saturday. Bob Beeler will be with us about 8.35 this morning. Right now, still talking uh, about Yvonne St. Cyr. She's appeared with us uh, a couple of interviews on News Talk KBOI. One of the people, six people from Idaho, charged in the January 6th riots. And uh, U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves has come out with the recommendations for her punishment in taking part has to do with 33 months in prison 
plus three years of supervised release and about $2,000 in fines. The uh, official sentencing hearing will be September 13th, 10.30 in the morning. Actually, it'll be 8.30 our time, 10.30 Eastern time, uh, where we will find out if the judge will accept the sentencing recommendations. Steve and CUNA listening this morning on 670 AM. Thanks for being patient. Uh, you're on News Talk yeah. KBOI. Do you think uh, the ruling, the recommendations fit the crime? No, sir. Um, I'm, first of all, I really don't think there was a crime. I think this whole thing has been blown up. The weaponization by the Biden administration of the Department of Justice is just completely un-American, and it's anti-Constitution is so many different ways. But uh, the uh, crime that she committed, supposedly three years of uh, jail time almost, and then three years of uh, supervised probation. I mean, what is the girl is, what, 56 years old? Is she going to be 65 by the time they decide that she's a safe person to, to let off the hook? It's just a load of crap, and I think it's ridiculous. That's my opinion, and I'm just sharing it. So All there right. you go. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Seems like a lot of time, and and I get it. She's been charged. She's been found guilty. And most of the people who have been charged and found guilty have received prison time. We talked with her, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, we were, in fact, we were over in CUNA the, that morning, and um, I think they had offered her a deal, but she didn't. She didn't want it. Yeah, she said, "I'm I'm not going to plead guilty to yeah, something the I deal, didn't do." In and according to the deal, she would have had to plead guilty and would have gotten less time, but she wasn't, uh, you know, too keen on on pleading guilty. And once again, after this story came out, she said, "If I'm guilty of poor judgment, I'm guilty, and I'll yeah, own that." But I so still be believe it. what I did was the right thing. We weren't in court. Don't know the evidence that the prosecution um, gave. Just, I mean, the fact that she was there, that's illegal right there. I mean, they were told to leave. They weren't allowed to be there. And I know a lot of people say, no, it's the people's house. They can be there. No, you can't. Yeah, it's like, you know, we're allowed to go to the library, but not at 3 a.m. You're allowed to go to our state house here. It's it belongs to the state of Idaho. You're not allowed to go at two a.m. in the morning and you're, just break in because if it's not open, you're not allowed to go when it's not public hours or when the public is not invited. But does that what she did deserve three almost three years? That that seems like a lot to me for what was claimed, and a lot of what she she did is on video that she took herself. Yeah, that's true. you know she wasn't she wasn't seen destroying anything, so I mean and you, you can hear found and guilty of trespassing. She's making commentary as if she's making a documentary. Yeah, you know, saying stuff like ah, oh, they're spraying, uh, you know, they're spraying tear gas on Americans now and stuff like that. I mean, she wasn't found guilty of assault. No, she didn't. She didn't have you know. If she's found guilty of assault, she probably you know gets more time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, two years and nine months for trespassing seems like a uh, pretty stiff sentence. And a lot of people are claiming that everybody who is, you know, receiving, whether it's jail time or, 
I, I haven't seen too many of them that just get off with time served. Yeah. And then, you know, having having to uh, have supervised release. release. I, I haven't seen too many of that. Most of them get some sort of uh, jail time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I claim ex- that I, they're I, doing this to send a message. I, I expected a lot of them to be just probation, but they're not. No. And, it, and and quite frankly, a little surprising that it that it isn't right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice seeker writes in Mike at kboi.com. These January six trials are ridiculous. They are clearly trying to make an example out of those who were caught crimes they are accused of, and now sentencing sentencing for those uh, are nonsense. The whole thing was nonsense and nothing more than smoke and mirrors to affect the rigged election. It is a crime in and of itself and not for those who participated, but the people charging them with frivolous crimes. They should be doing prison time, not the American citizens trying to do something about the crooked government. That's from Justice Seeker. Your thoughts, if you want to weigh in, uh, you can continue to weigh in. Uh, email us. It'll be uh, after 9 o'clock when we can take some more of your phone calls. Uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, chance to pick up a $50 gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar uh, with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Doesn't, doesn't that sound like Manhattan, the James? Yeah, a little bit. Um, we have a chance for you to win with that, so don't go away. Uh, also, don't go We've got a lot of winning to do this morning. We still have the... Uh, T-Mons to Subaru, play of the game. That'll be coming up just before 9 o'clock, about 8.55. Listen in. $50 gift certificate to give away. R&R barbecue for that. And then, of course, your first chance to win your tickets to the Boise State game against UCF. That's text and win contest. We'll tell you uh, when. Coming up after 9 o'clock this morning. Keep listening here. Don't go away. When we come back uh, after Bronco Sports today, your chance for the Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question coming up. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, the number to call when you need help when it comes to real estate, 208-888-4128. All right, Linda, you're going to get first crack at our question today. We've got a $50 gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar, all yours, food, drinks, got a beautiful atmosphere, 150 people can sit up on top of their outdoor patio bar upstairs, and all you have to do is answer our question today. Linda, the US, this U.S. president thought that the earth was hollow. As a matter of fact, he believed it so much, he approved a journey to travel to the Senate, center of the planet to prove it. Which president did that? John Quincy Adams. It was John, John Quincy, Quincy Adams. Adams. Yay! Well known as the first president with a middle name. <laughs> also well known for being a little crazy. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering why John Quincy Adams never was able to get a journey to the center of the earth, other than the technology didn't exist to do it, uh, he lost his next election to Andrew Jackson, and before uh, any of it could get approved, uh, Jackson killed the plan, that SOB. Can you imagine like you know, a, a similar team to Lewis and Clark, only they're trying to find the center of the earth, and, and you know, halfway through they, they get help from like a mole woman or something. Kind of makes you wonder um, what Andrew Jackson may have been hiding, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we don't need to go to the center of the earth. Nothing to see here. (laughs) 
There had to be as many conspiracy theories I, back yeah, then I, as now, right? <laughs> I like how you can find a conspiracy theory in like the 1830s. <laughs> Come on. If this happened today, you know that's what they're... Oh, I wonder what Andrew Jackson knows mm-hmm. about the center of the earth or uh, we'd yes. be going there right now. Yes, I do. <laughs> hey, congratulations, Linda. Hold on the line. You've got our first gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar. $50 value, all yours. Uh, we've got a chance for you to win all this week. So if you didn't get in this morning, great food, great drinks. Enjoy the patio, the atmosphere that is the James on Broadway. Stay tuned. You can win all week. We'll take a break. Still on the way. Afternoons at the bottom of the hour. Bob Beeler will be with us. For Bronco Monday. Yes, I know it's Tuesday. We weren't here because of Labor Day yesterday, so we'll be talking about the Washington game. We'll t- be talking about the uh, opening game for the season on the blue turf against UCF. Also coming up, we have the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. We'll get to that just before 9 o'clock if you listened in on Saturday uh, to the post game, you know what the play of the game was. You can get a fifty dollars gift certificate to R and R Barbecue, and it is a Boise State play. It is a Boise State play. Yes. Uh, also, um, talking a lot about Boise State in the uh, last hour and a half of the show, um, we have a chance for you to text and win. Listen in coming up after nine o'clock for that cue to text, and you can get tickets to the BSU UCF game coming up here on Saturday. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. Um, on a Tuesday, because yesterday was a holiday and today is Tuesday. So, <laughs> yeah, forget what day it is. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob, Bob Beeler. Your home uh, of the Broncos for 50 years. News Talk, KBOI. He's starting to sound like us. Love Mr. Voice. It is 837. Impressive. <laughs> Bob Beeler is with us, and I, I just have to say, it's not near as much fun talking about Boise State football after a loss as it is, and we don't. We, it doesn't happen very often, but here we are today talking not about a loss, but uh, basically getting manhandled. Well, it was it was in stretches, and I and I don't mean to say that you're trying to make light of it, but there was a stretch in the second quarter. When Boise State was ahead nine to seven, that the Huskies scored looks like three uh, three straight possessions, and then Boise State did a nice job to get the closing field goal at the end of the half, and then getting the touchdown on the first drive of the third quarter, and then after that uh, they scored four straight times. So it was in spurts. First quarter, half of the second quarter, I thought the team looked really good. Third quarter, the first half of it looked really good, and then. You know, I, I don't know. They might have just gotten Heisman. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try to think of a quarterback that I've seen play against Boise State that I thought was more impressive than Michael Penix Jr. And, you know, you look at some of the names that have gone on to the pros. Josh Allen, in the game that they beat Boise State down in Wyoming, was not more impressive than Michael Penix Jr. We faced guys like Dalton. Right. Carr, you mentioned Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. They yeah. all had some had pretty another, good games. Nevada, who Kaepernick? ended up, yeah, Kaepernick. Yeah. You had a lot of guys that have gone to the NFL, and you think this guy is the most impressive well, so he far. He was the most impressive that I've seen on the field. He had probably better receivers than any of the aforementioned quarterbacks that have gone on to the NFL. Which, which by the way, at least two of them are going to be playing in the NFL <laughs> next year. Yeah. Don't you agree? I think so. And, and as I've said, too, earlier, earlier on in the season, I was shocked Penix came back. I thought he'd have been a first-round pick this year. I think he's better than a couple of guys that were taken in the first round this year, so we'll see. I, I, they're impressive. 
You thought you thought he was better, which is surprising to me because you you have seen him in person. I haven't, um, but you thought he was better in one of the top five picks in the NFL this year, right? Richardson. I didn't think Richardson was very good. Okay, I I did not think. I think Richardson has potential, but mm-hmm. I, I never was impressed when I when I saw Richardson play at Florida. I was never impressed. Never impressed. What was bad about Boise State during that game? Well, I think a couple of the passes when you know people got behind him. You know, you make a couple of mistakes, and it just shows you that if you make a mistake on defense, it usually costs you seven points. Or if you make a mistake on offense, a lot of times, unless it's a turnover, right. it's lost yardage mm-hmm. or an incomplete pass. Lost but the down. Uh, you know, you lose the down. But on defense, if you make some mistakes, they were that good. Um, I thought the lines played pretty well. I, I think the the running game, averaging. Five yards a carry, I'll take that for the season if the team averages five yards a carry. And they, they didn't do with anything explosive. The longest gain was 13 yards on the ground. I love the, the screen passes to Genty. I think they, I think they need to do more of that. Um, I think they just – now this week's going to be tough too. We're going to talk a little later in the show about, about UCF. Uh, this is my 16th year here, and I can never remember opening with two yeah. tougher teams in a row to start the season. Reminiscent of the 05 season before I got here when they started at Georgia, at Oregon State, and was the last time the team was 0-2. Well, and unfortunately, UCF is going to be really prepared because they've been practicing on blue turf. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> there must be, what, some high school in Orlando uh, yeah. that has a blue field or yeah. something? Because I saw the picture. You know, Now, remember when Oregon State, remember when they painted their practice field blue? Yeah. And they came over here. It didn't work for them. Boise State <laughs> won that night. Well, let's hope it won't work here. You're practicing on a high school blue field. I think you know. I think it's it's a game to build on for Boise State. I mean, sometimes you just get somebody in the wrong year and you run into a buzzsaw. And I kind of think that's what happened. Yeah, and, and I mean, the score wasn't close. But as as we mentioned, and we were talking off air, there were good things uh, about this team. I, I I think I agree with you. I think the offensive and defensive line um, both looked pretty good. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to remain to be seen how well our back end defense matches up against non NFL players. <laughs> um, but, I think we'll have a little better idea after Saturday. Yeah, probably. yeah. Um, I, I I will say, um, Gatlin Bear can't get here soon enough for <laughs> to help out the wide receivers. Uh, he had a great day on the blue. Uh, by he's, this weekend, he's taken a long way to get here. Though, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we're not going to see him for a, uh, a couple of years. Um, but we don't really have that go-to receiver right now, do we? Yet? Well, no, I don't think there is a, a Khalil Shakir on the team. I think there's a lot of good receivers, but you're right. I don't think there's that one guy that was the, was Capel's it before he got injured. Do you think? Different kind of guy. He was the kind of guy in the slot. I thought he was maybe their best receiver last year, but I, but I don't think he's like. And if I don't think any of them are like NFL caliber, right. I think they're all good. But I don't know that we have a you know a bona fide A plus receiver. Got it. We'll take a break. Uh, we're talking about the most recent, our first game of the season against Washington. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll hear from the coach uh, what he thought about the game. That's Bronco Monday. Yes, we know it's on Tuesday. More on the way coming up next. It's eight forty two. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos News Talk. KBOI. Yes, it is Tuesday, but really, this is Bronco Monday, talking about the latest game. We were off yesterday for Labor Day. Uh, Bob Beeler with us. Once again, um, we've taken you through the good and the bad of the first game of the season at Washington. Uh, We've heard from the coaches. Um, What do we got coming up this week leading up to the game? 
We've got UCF in here. It'll be a 5 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. UCF in their first season in the Big 12. And uh, they were in the American before moving over with a couple of other teams. Good quarterback, John Rice Plumley Again, dual threat. Uh, much like uh, Boise State, they've got a couple of running backs that they you know use. I don't know whether they use them at the same time or just rotate them in and out. Harvey and Richardson that uh, both had good games. 100 yards for Richardson, 84 for Harvey in the first game. They've got an offensive line that uh, has got a couple of starters back, so maybe not as experienced as some teams Boise State will see. Receivers are back. And then on defense, uh, they've got some big guys up front uh, that have uh, all four guys in the defensive line that are back from last season. One of the linebackers is back, and when you look at the secondary, that is a little less experienced than the, than the front part of the defense for UCF. One thing that uh, people might not remember, and you just mentioned it right there, um, the plan wasn't there to begin with, but because of uh, the massive amount of change in uh, football conferences this last year, this is now a Power 5 <laughs> game, which Boise State does not see very many back-to-back Power 5 games. No. Last time that they have was in 2005. Uh, and I think when you look at, at UCF, whether this team was in the American or whether this team was in the Big 12, their roster you wouldn't think would be, just for switching one year, would be that much different. So I, I think this is you know a team, they, they've gone to New Year's Six Bowl games, they've, they've won conferences. Uh, this is a good team. I think Gus Malzahn is a good coach. He's in his third season. I think Auburn probably should have kept him. They did not, <laughs> and it hasn't worked out that well for Auburn. 2020 since. hindsight yeah, there, wasn't it? Yeah, um, but uh, I, I think this is going to be a very tough game. I, I think it's a lot like the Oklahoma State team that came in here mm. a couple years back, one of two Big 12 teams that have been here. Iowa State came in a bowl game for the other one. Right. So, Your opinion, be- keys to the game. If Boise State's going to pull out a win, what must they do? Well, I think they've got to limit and and take away the quarterback Plumley. Don't let him really be dynamic. Don't let him be a hundred yard rusher. You know, don't let him throw for three hundred yards. They're, they're going to get yards. I would think this game would probably be a fairly high scoring game. But you know, they let Penix get in rhythm. They're in the second quarter and the fourth quarter, and you know, when you get a lot of quarterback getting rhythm, it can be it can be tough. Can they win the game if they take away just one of the things? Because he's a little more he'll take off and run more than Penix would. Well Penix wouldn't do it at all. Yeah. I don't think Penix had any any interest in running. If, if they can close down one either his rushing or his passing and make him one dimensional, is that still a possibility to win? Sure. Uh, okay. Sure. Yeah, I, I think you know, I, I but you're gonna have to put up some points too. Yeah. I mean nineteen's not gonna get it done. You're gonna have to probably be you know, high twenties, low thirties to to have a chance to win this game, and I'd say the same thing for UCF. They're going to have to, you know, be in that total as well. If you go by the Sagarin ratings this week, uh, Central Florida is number twenty three in the nation, so top twenty five, okay. and Boise State is ranked number fifty three. Uh, we were in the thirties until uh, well, until Saturday. I think second games of the season are so tough because you know fifty six to six over Kent State is UCF that good. Is Kent not? You know, and the same thing, you know, how good is you, Washington? You don't just don't, you don't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. So you got three or four games that are played, and you're like, wow, that team's better than I thought. Or, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. think about Clemson last night. I mean, you talk about oh, laying yeah. an egg, yeah. you know. Uh, real quickly, uh, broadcast week, what do you got? We have a coaches show coming up Thursday night at 7. Our guests are going to be Ahmed Hassanin, Riley Smith, Eric Shenander, the defensive line coach, and, of course, Coach Avalos. And then our uh, 5 o'clock uh, kickoff will mean a noon start for game day on Saturday. All right, and you'll hear that uh, across all of our network, 
AM, FM, any of our apps, uh, iHeart, uh, tune in, anything you can hear it on right here on News Talk KBOI. All right, that brings us to the uh, chance for you to get a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. It's Dredge Valley Subaru play of the game. Did you listen to the post game? Then you know what the play of the game is, and now it can pay off for you. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we'll be looking for the first person to correctly identify the play of the game. If you want to call us right now, chance to uh, go ahead and get that $50 gift certificate, which, by the way, we'll be giving away this $50 gift certificate after every game. Go ahead. Call now. Your home of the Broncos for 50 years. 670 KBOI. Boise. 93.1 KBOI-FM, New Plymouth. News Talk KBOI. From ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Police in Pennsylvania expanding their search for an escaped killer, Danilo Cavalcante, on the run for nearly a week after breaking out of the Chester County prison near Philadelphia. We saw law enforcement sort of abruptly expand the area surrounding the prison that they have closed off. We saw a number of law enforcement vehicles quickly take off. Now, as this convicted murderer has been on the run since Thursday morning, they are hope he is growing desperate, but they've noted from the beginning he is extremely dangerous. ABC's Trevor Alt. On an unrelated note, Philadelphia's police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw has resigned. She's stepping down later this month to join the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey as Deputy Security Officer. Outlaw was the first black woman to lead the Philly PD. Court appearances today related to the January 6th insurrection, among them the case against Peter Navarro. The January 6th committee on Capitol Hill obviously subpoenaed Peter Navarro for documents and testimony, and he didn't comply at all, which led the Justice Department to charge him on two counts of contempt of Congress, of defying that subpoena. So this trial is getting underway. Jury selection today. We could hear opening arguments likely later this week. ABC's Catherine Falders also in court later today. The sentencing of former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio convicted of seditious conspiracy for stoking the Capitol riot. Prosecutors seeking 33 years. Nevada's Burning Man Festival finally clearing out after tens of thousands of spectators got stuck in the mud from torrential rain that left them stranded all weekend. Vehicles snaking their way out this morning in a process that could take hours. And an alleged racial slur hurled by a fan at the U.S. Open last night. Germany's Alexander Zverev heard it and reported the man mid-match. The sound courtesy of the USTA and ESPN. The fan was escorted out. You're listening to ABC News. Yeah, part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. All right. First of all, uh, you heard just a few minutes ago um, that you can now text to win your tickets. All you have to do is text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. Somebody is going to uh, win our first pair of tickets that we're giving away sometime this hour. Everybody who uh, texts us in. Being on the grand prize drawing, don't forget this is just your first chance. Uh, KBOI have more tickets than anybody else. Uh, we've got chances coming up this afternoon and uh, every weekday afternoon with Nate Shellman and then, of course, every morning with us here. This is your first chance to get your tickets to the Boise State UCF game coming up. The home opener. Want to see a sellout? We're helping out by giving away a free pair of tickets this morning here on News Talk KBOI. So go ahead and text away. Uh, in the meantime, trying to uh, see who knows the play of the game. We have the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. Once again, a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Get you great 
great food uh, at R&R Barbecue. And we'll be doing this all season after uh, games with Boise State. Uh, Roger is going to get uh, our chance to tell us what was the play of the game, Boise State versus Washington. Roger, what was the play of the game? It was a short pass from Green to Jetney for, and he ran it for a fifty-yard touchdown. All right, let's let's see if that's indeed the case. Green sets up a screen left side. Jetty caught at the fifty, inside the forty, gets to the sideline, the thirty, the twenty, the ten, the five, touchdown! Aston Jetty from Taylor Green. The screen pass goes for fifty, and the Broncos are back in this game. There you go. Congratulations, Roger. That is exactly it. You have won the very first Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game this year. You've got a fifty gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Hang on the line. I remember that uh, play because it was the last time I smiled that day. Um, I remember the play because I, I thought, oh, we're back in this. This could be good. And I felt that way for about another three minutes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> good quarterback. Yes. Very good quarterback. You got a lot of players on that team. We'll be playing on, uh, on Sundays next year. Um, high hopes for the upcoming UCF game. Once again, if you want to go see, be a part of it, here's your chance to do it this morning. We're taking your text right now. Don't forget that the, uh, Treasure Valley play of the game, Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game will be happening every Monday morning after a game throughout the season. If you want that $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue, make sure you're listening in to the post game. And uh, every game they will pick during the post game, the play of the game, and then Monday morning, or in this case, Tuesday morning, you call in and uh, you can win, just like Roger did. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, once again, before we were uh, getting into the bottom of the hour where we got into uh, sports and Bronco Monday talking about uh, Yvonne St. Cyr. She's been with uh, uh, interviewed by us here on the morning show a couple different times over the last couple of years since she was charged in the January 6th riots. Um, she got recommendation. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves recommends three years of supervised release and about $2,000 in fines. That's after she spends almost three years in prison. Mm-hmm. Two years Nine months is the recommendation. St. Cyr is one of six Idahoans who have been charged in connection with the Capitol riot, which uh, once again um, took place on January 6th. She will uh, receive her sentencing September 13th at 8.30 in the morning. Lori wrote in to say the woman you are talking about exhibited no remorse. She stated she would do it again. Judges take that into consideration. They do, and she mentioned in one of our interviews that her attorneys told her to stay off of social media because anything she says or posts on her social media posts could also be used against her when it came to sentencing. But she said she didn't want to remain silent on her feelings of the case. Terry wrote, and he says, So far, over 130 January 6th defendants have been sentenced to home arrest. So some of them are just, you know, home with an ankle bracelet. And what I I think there's been, what, over a thousand charged so far? I believe. Um, I'm not sure the exact number. Probably, if I 
if I'm remembering correctly, this particular person is going to receive the most prison time. So, they, I mean, this could be worse. I mean, she's receiving almost three years. Enrique Terrio sentencing um, proves that it really could be quite a bit worse. Enrique Terrio and the Proud Boys he led saw themselves as Donald Trump's army, thirsting for violence and organizing it. At trial, prosecutors pointed to messages Tario sent at the height of the January 6th attack, including one that urged rioters not to leave the Capitol. Fellow Proud Boys Dominic Pozzola, Zach Reel, Joseph Biggs, and Ethan Nordine were all sentenced last week. They each received between 10 and 18 years in prison, among the longest sentences tied to the attack thus far. Ben writes in, Mike at KBOI.com. All I hear my whole life is how our government is supposed to be working for us, we the people. Yet, when we try to get some honest answers or some justification of what and why they are doing uh, what seems to be the opposite of what we want or are asking for as a society, their solution is to put us in prison. How is this justified and why are we allowing it to happen? I think the justification for it, at least in the minds of... uh a lot of people uh, in in Washington D.C. is that uh, they thought that questioning the 2020 election, you know, after the fact, after uh, all of these uh, you know votes had been uh, already uh, certified by their particular states, that that was just ridiculous. There was no point to it, and they think that the whole thing then was a put on, and that everybody who participated was simply duped. Joe writes in a text message at 208-336-3700. When you screw around, you get screwed with. She really has no remorse. She thinks what she did was fine. Three years is probably not enough. Attacking the Capitol because you think the crazy president won an election is not political discourse. Um, the one thing I will tell you or ask you, Joe, is what did she do to attack the Capitol? You claim she attacked the Capitol. Um. There, there was never any proof that was put in that she attacked anything or anybody in the Capitol. Now, she was there, and the claim is trespassing, but you said she attacked the Capitol. What did she do to attack the Capitol? Just curious. I'm, I'm asking well, the question because I, I don't know. She may, be, she may be blamed for what the crowd did because, you know, they, they, they broke windows and broke doors and things like that in order to get in. And that would be illegal to charge somebody with something somebody else did would it not i mean if I you don't, don't know if you don't have proof of somebody doing something you say oh they broke in and they broke stuff in the capitol well can you show where she did that well we don't have that but somebody did so we're charging her with it that wouldn't be right probably not but you know if, if you're on uh i know she wasn't on probation or anything like that but people on probation can go back to uh jail even if they haven't done anything wrong if they simply find themselves hanging out with people who have done something mm-hmm. wrong yeah so that's that's one of the things you're told when you're put on probation that you cannot do or right. you will be going back to prison yeah. uh go ahead gary sent us uh kind of a, a summary it says yvonne st Cyr, 55 of boise idaho was found guilty by a jury of the six charges filed against her including two counts of obstructing and interfering with law enforcement during a civil disorder, a felony, and misdemeanor charges of entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, and parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building in uh, U.S. District Court. 
another email, no name on this one, says, what's the average term for the BLM criminals? Haven't heard anyone being in prison yet. And no, Mike, they weren't told to leave. They were waved in by police. Protesting used to be legal. Now it's only legal for the Black Lives Matter sorts and those who support the Biden regime. Oppose Biden, you're arrested, told to plead guilty so you can receive a lighter sentence. The press claims success and you're, you've done nothing. Plead innocent and they throw the book at you. It's lawfare and Biden excels in it. 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Yvonne St. Cyr. Once again, we don't know for sure what her sentence will be. Her official sentencing is set for September 13th. However, the uh, U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves has given his recommendation two years, nine months, 33 months in prison, plus three years of supervised release and about $2,000 in fines. Is it justice? Is it fair, or does it go over the top? No right or wrong answers, just your opinion. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, well, Joe, the 41-page court document details what St. Cyr did on January 6th. It also goes through what happened during her trial last spring. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, who submitted the document, said the nearly three-year time frame is based on federal guidelines. I hope you're happy. This is what you wanted. This is what you got. That's 56-year-old Yvonne St. Cyr from Idaho. Yeah, this is America. She's just one of thousands who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Soon, St. Cyr might spend some time behind bars for her involvement. New court documents filed on September 2nd show the Department of Justice thinks St. Cyr should spend 33 months in prison. That's two years and nine months. The U.S. attorney who submitted the sentencing memorandum also recommends three years of supervised release and about $2,000 in fines. There is no more freedom, guys. St. Cyr was found guilty of six charges last spring. Those charges include two counts of interfering with police officers during a civil disorder and entering and remaining in a restricted building. St. Cyr was also involved in disorderly and disruptive conduct. Go, go, go. Dude, don't stop on the stairs. Go, we got to get out. It's... That's all gas. Tear gas, the American... During an interview with KTVB two years ago, St. Cyr said she doesn't regret going to the Capitol. I did not have any intention of committing a crime. If I am guilty of poor judgment and I'm guilty, then I'll own that. I own what I do. Um, but I still believe in what I did was the right thing. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um These are just recommendations as of right now, but usually the recommendations followed by the judge. September 13th, she will get her official hearing to find out how much time she will be spending in prison. The charges, once again, she was uh, found guilty of, just to uh, give you an idea. Interfering with police officers during civil disorder. Entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, and parading, demonstrating, or picketing 
in a Capitol building. Those were the charges that she was found guilty of. Does a punishment fit the crime, in your opinion? Does that deserve almost three years in federal prison? Included in that would be three more years if they go with the recommendations, which they have been doing in these cases, three years of supervised release, in other words, probation, and about $2,000 in fines. Bob and Caldwell, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Good. As far as, as far as I'm concerned, it's a little bit of an overkill based on most of what it was misdemeanors and based on the fact that the person has never done anything criminal or has a criminal record, why is she being charged so bluntly based on the fact that you've had people that actually <laughs> destroy, almost destroyed a church, almost injured over 60 Secret Service and Capitol Police and attacking the White House, but yet they're not in jail. They haven't been charged. And that's what kind of bugs a lot of people. Who attacked the White House? uh, You remember that during the Antifa riots in front of the White House? Oh, my God. They had to to push uh, Trump down into the basement because they were so afraid of uh, being attacked because they they, they, they injured over 60 Secret Service in the process, throwing bottles, ice bottle waters at them and stuff like that. Trying to attack and enter the enter the in the White House, so you don't hear much about that because they didn't want to talk about it because it was Antifa and BLM. So this whole thing is a joke, to be honest with you. And if you actually look at some of the video, what was going on that day on January sixth? Because somebody's wearing a Make America Great hat, and maybe a T-shirt doesn't make them a, a, a Trump supporter. All Antifa had to do was go in and wear the garb. And do what they did. If you look at how they were attacking the White House, it looks identical to the way they were treating when they were attacking other properties. On those, how many riots were there? 500, 600, 850, or something like that? Riots that burned down buildings and everything? Just look at the way they attacked it, how they attacked schools, or, or, or when people go in, like, you know, to give a speech or something, how they pick up things and ram windows with it. You know, that's them. And basically, if you think, you know, if anybody knows anything about how the Capitol was run, Pelosi had more to do with the riot than anybody else because she's in charge of the Capitol. And right. why didn't she do something? She, why didn't she do something? She's not she in charge of the Capitol. That's, that's been popularly, oh, no. that's been popularly no, circulated that, around, but uh, the Speaker of the House is not in charge of the Capitol building. The security of the Capitol is, is by the Speaker of the House. No, it isn't. Even the senators and the Congress people have said that. That's her job. Well, it doesn't matter She's who said it. It's not true. And uh, But basically, well, it doesn't make any difference. What happened, what happened. But the way they're making this thing, how many people went in jail for, like I said, attacking the White House? How many How many MT for a BLM are in, sitting in jail right now for all the damage they've done? Nothing. But actually, you're, actually, you're, you're, actually, 70 of those people were uh, sentenced to... Uh, an average of well, tw- 27 months behind bars, according to what I just found out from the Associated yeah, Press. Well, yeah, they did a lot of damage, too. It's not like what these guys did because they entered. Okay, I know it's I know it's public property, but basically, yes, it's called trespassing. Trespassing, in most cases, nothing more than a misdemeanor. Slap on the wrist, a little fine, and that's it. The only time it becomes a felony is if you do severe damage. Now, I can understand the people that did all the damage or actually physically hurt somebody. That's another story. 
So once again, we're getting to get us back on track here. Once again, do you think the punishment fits the crime? Should she be going to three years uh, in prison? In your opinion, does she deserve any punishment whatsoever? I think she should be fined, given some probation, and that's it. Okay. Nothing more. All right. You should not have to spend that much time in jail. All right. Considering most people have done a heck of a lot worse or not. Thank you for the call, Bob. Appreciate it. Vi of Boise wrote in and says, I love the claims that nobody did anything wrong. St. Cyr got into the Capitol building by climbing through a broken window. Anyone with any sense knows that's not how you're supposed to enter the U.S. Capitol building. She taped herself giving an obscenity-laced tirade about communist America, and when she was in court, she said she only climbed through the window to find a place to plug in her charger. By the way, anybody who fell for flim-flam man Trump's claims the election was stolen doesn't have a great deal of sense anyway. James in Garden City uh, writes, The crime is bigger than simple trespassing. She participated in a disruptive uh, and peaceful transfer of power. That is absolutely disgraceful and completely un-American. Every single one of those people, even you, your dim-witted guests, deserve everything they get. Um, James, if, if she did that, why wasn't she charged that? She wasn't charged with what you just claimed she did. So because you think she did it, she should be charged. We told you the exact charges and what she was found guilty of. She was not found guilty or even charged with disrupting the peaceful transfer of power. So my question to you, James, is even though she wasn't charged with it, should she be punished for it even though she has never been charged or found guilty of it? That's your statement that she she took part in that. So even though no charge, no guilty finding, do you think she should still be going to prison because of that one particular thing that you claim she did? 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 9.35, final few minutes. If you haven't done so yet and would like to get tickets to the Boise State UCF game. Home opener this weekend. We've got tickets all this week. We've got more tickets than anybody else here on News Talk KBOI. Your first pair coming up here in just a couple minutes. Text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. We'll pick one person at random coming up here within the next uh, six or seven minutes. And they will get tickets to the game. Could be you, but you're not going to have a chance to win if you don't text. Be listening this afternoon. Nate Shellman will also have a chance for you coming up after 5 o'clock, and we've got a chance to win your tickets all this week here on News Talk KBOI. Uh, email in Mike at KBOI.com. The chief of the Capitol Police was on Tucker recently saying he was deliberately removed from the security meetings. Before January 6th, he was told by Sergeant of Arms to stand down on security. Sergeant of Arms answers to Nancy Pelosi. Trump offered security. It was turned down. There is footage of previous gatherings where Nancy had 100% or hundreds, rather, if not thousands of guards present. She wanted no one there on the 6th. Thankfully, God is the final judge. It is interesting. All I've heard is who isn't responsible. It wasn't Nancy. I've heard that it wasn't Nancy Pelosi's responsibility it wasn't trump's responsibility no, he was supposed to be the chief of the capitol police the chief of the capitol police says it was not his he he cannot call in the national guard either well no it wasn't his responsibility to call in the national guard that's what the president was supposed to do if and, he, if, if he so desired yeah and, and the president said he did that so 
I haven't heard whose responsibility it was to make sure that they were there as of yet. All I've heard is this person wasn't responsible. This person couldn't do it. This person wasn't responsible. Who's responsible? I mean, to make sure this doesn't happen again, who is the final say to get the National Guard there? Because as we have heard weeks and months in advance, we heard that there was the possibility of violent rioting going on at the Capitol. That's a fact. If that was true, why didn't we have a lot more troops than were there? I mean, we've heard whose fault it wasn't. Who's responsible so this doesn't happen again so that we know the chain of command saying, all right, yeah. National Guard comes here, if this person, and then this person makes sure that it happens. It was almost like they put up some barriers and said, well, good. Now those barriers are up. Nobody will possibly get past those. And n- no, that didn't work. That didn't. Well, and, and part of the reason was, and like I said, Nate Shelman and I were here. We watched it. Police were opening up the barriers for people to come in. Police were doing all sorts of different things depending on where you were around yeah. the Capitol. Some of them were, you know, being as, as accommodating as possible. And of But course, some were still trying to hold them out right. and saying you can't come well, in some, here. Some, some were directing them to different places. Like they, they took it for granted that they were going to get into the building, but they directed them to places where there weren't any congressmen. Greg, listening on 670 AM, good morning. Greg from Meridian, you're on News Talk KBOI. Punishment fit the crime? Yes, absolutely. What should be the pun- proper punishment for stealing, trying to steal my vote, guys? What, what should be the proper punishment for that? I mean, I just, you know... But I that's, mean, what, but that's so not what Yvonne St. Cyr was was charged or found guilty there. of. He's there trying to promote that effort, right? So, I mean, yeah. I, I, mean, I, you know, I, I understand what you think they're trying to do. But she wasn't charged with that, and she wasn't found guilty of that. Okay, so, right. But that was that was the intent, and a lot of people, and and how do you the, how do you know that was the intent of Yvonne Saint Cyr? She said it. You listen to her on tape. That's why she's there. What was the point of the rally? So if that was the intent, why did why wasn't she charged with that? Guys, guys, here's the most frustrating thing about January 6th to me is that we're having a national conversation with a group of people. We're all standing in the rain, and some of you are refusing to admit that it's raining. I mean, police waving them in. The police battled those people for hours. There were police heavily wounded. You know, I mean, yes, there are a couple of instances of video after hours of battling these people where you know, the police just gave up. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree respectfully to disagree because Nate Shellman and I were here from the beginning of when it started. We were in the building and we said, we need to comment on this as it is happening. And we watched it live as it was, as it was happening. It didn't happen hours after it began. It started at the beginning where we watched people because Nate and I looked at each other and go, why are the police just letting people in, moving the barriers and allowing people to come in? This was at the beginning. Like I said, we reported it live as it was happening. We were watching it here, and it was live on News Talk KBOI. This didn't happen hours later after people had already come in. Like I said, we looked at each other and go, this is so strange. Why are they just allowing people, moving the barriers, and saying, come on in? Guys, 
but you've also seen video of people with Trump flags beating down police officers or beating down barricades of police trying to hold True. the line up. Yeah, the yeah, that also yeah. happened. Footage of police screaming in agony, and you know that once that several cops were taken to the hospital, four of them killed themselves after the event. These are th- these are facts that you agree on, correct? No, four of them did not kill themselves after the event because of we we don't we four four died four died one of them one of them died because of a heart attack one of them died because of a stroke and he'd had medical issues for a long time before this even his family said that the january 6th thing had nothing to do with his death do you think january 6th was a good thing for the republican party makes donald i don't i don't think january 6th was a good thing for anybody well, then why, why deflect about it? Why put any ambiguity why, on it? Okay, then I'll ask you the same question. I, if, you're, if you're calling me what I'm doing is deflecting when all I see is, am is giving the facts as I see them, why do you call that deflecting? You seem to be giving a lot of airtime to facts that get away from the main point that this was a horrible event that shouldn't be repeated, and the people responsible for it should, should be punished appropriately. 100% agree. Hundred percent, a thousand, a thousand percent agree. I'm glad we agree on that because I, I tell you, I mean, I hear a lot of deflection, and like I don't hear a lot of owning up to responsibility for people who believe this con man and attempted to steal. But you broke the covenant with your fellow citizens, and you know now, what? No, 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 wait, talk. wait. When when was Donald Trump in the January sixth? participating in the riots when, when was when was he specifically there i mean you're you're saying that i'm deflecting so when when was donald trump at, in the in the capitol on january 6th no if you're gonna be truthful be truthful he did tell him to go to the Capitol. he said let's walk down peacefully to protest at the capitol so he knew that if he had not said that, if he had not held the rally, and those rallies and all of that were all for lies. You know, nobody's even talking about the reason for the rally, which because it was a bunch of lies, we've all even given up on that. The rally took place a long ways away from the state capitol. And, and he told them to go there. You know, he told them, let us walk down peacefully to tactical. protest. If you're going to be truthful, be truthful about the whole thing. I, I'm being truthful for the, whole, for the whole thing, but for Donald Trump, none of this would have happened. If he had, if he had just accepted the peaceful transition of power, this would have never happened. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, no, no. Why would anyone have gone? All these people wearing Trump got, got clothing, clothing all, all there, thousands of them in the Capitol. Why were they there? They were promote, and it was an event promoted on social media, paid for by Donald Trump, where he told them to go walk in the Capitol. You know, you go give a monkey a gun and the monkey shoots somebody. You know, you don't blame the monkey. Who, who do you blame? I blame Donald Trump. So you give a monkey a gun, you blame Donald Trump. That says a lot right there. That's not what he said. That's why I asked, who does he blame? He said Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Donald Trump gave a bunch of monkeys a gun and told, told, him, to go, told him to go to the Capitol. Okay. He told him, he Figur- told, figuratively, he means. Okay. Yeah, a new- yeah. It, if it, you're going to be truthful, you can't be figuratively about it. Okay. If he didn't want violence there, why did he watch it on TV for hours and do nothing about it? People had to go and demand in. Sean Hannity is texting Mark Meadows, telling him he's got to put a stop to this. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. Well, he did, but apparently not soon enough for you. He seemed quite content to just watch it happen. So you don't 
don't like the fact that he texted people and told them to go home, get away from the Capitol. That was after hours. No, it, 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 you can you can look hours. at the timeline. It came at two o'clock p. Eastern time. Yeah, at noon. At noon, Mark Meadows is getting text messages from Fox News hosts telling him that he got to call it off, and he did nothing. And his own his own people, people working for Donald Trump, testified that um, that that they were trying to get him, and he was he was watching TV. He was watching the events on TV and not doing anything. And you you don't care about the fact that he told people to peacefully go down. It doesn't matter. After, it doesn't matter. No, no. Ah, he said that in his speech at that morning. Okay. That that doesn't matter I, to you that he said that the States. very first thing he said. The let's walk down States. peacefully and you're protest. The you're the president of the United States. Yes. And you're sitting there watching this on TV, and you're continuing to tweet out. He you're that you're not answering my question. It doesn't matter to you that the very first thing he said is walk down peacefully to protest at the Capitol. He said a lot of other different things in that speech. Too. I understand. Once it. again, I'm asking you. you I'll ask you the question again. It doesn't matter to you that the first thing he said was let's walk down peacefully. It only matters to you that he was was at, at his White House watching it on television. Doesn't matter that the fir- very the, first thing why he said. Would the first, okay, but why would that matter if then he sees violence and does nothing about it, right? Like Because the very first thing, the reason it matters is because you're claiming that he didn't do anything. So that's why it matters. The very first thing I'm he said is everybody needs to walk down peacefully. To protest, I'm stating the fact that he was informed violence was going on at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. He was informed by staff, and he was informed by members of Fox News. Okay, you're, you're, apparently you're just not going to answer my question. So, thanks for the call, though. Thanks for the thoughts. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you're on the phone, stay right where you're at. We'll get to you coming up here next. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol. And we're going to try and give our Republicans, the weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help, the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is incredible. Thank you very much. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Jeff in Meridian, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, fellas. Thanks for the show. Hey, Chris, I got to address when you said to that caller that Nancy Pelosi wasn't responsible for the security at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I know it's a tough job you guys do. You got to go through a lot of information and take a lot of callers. And, you know, I'm probably one of those guys that heckles you guys a little bit too much, but I think it's also a little bit of omission when you say that she wasn't responsible. What I mean by that is um, we can only go backwards now, right? We can't be like saying what we said on January 6th or, you know, we can't repeat what we said. We can only look backwards at facts. The facts are that the commission was put together by Nancy Pelosi to investigate January 6th, and the commission omitted security tapes and videos from that investigation, did they not? 
I don't know. Did they? What about you, Casper? Do you, do you think that they omitted videotapes from evidence? I don't know. Really? No, oh, I really, okay. I really don't. I Let mean, me I jog your, me your memory. The videotapes were given to Tucker Carlson before he was fired by Fox, and he was able to go through thousands of hours of videotape. And from that, the the guy that wore the big Indian headdress, right? His video was released to the public thereafter. Do you remember that incident? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was one of the tapes that was omitted from the evidence from the January 6th Commission. They purposely withheld evidence of what was going on in the Capitol. Do you recall that? Yeah, I, I, I remember the video, the thousands of hours of video that didn't get turned over. Um, yeah. I, I will say the the person you're talking about, the shaman, did plead guilty. He didn't get found guilty. Well, I know, I know. I'm not talking about his case in particular. What I'm saying is that evidence was actually withheld from the committee Two people would be in charge. So, so the committee didn't that. see the stuff that Tucker Carlson saw. No, saying the committee withheld it. Whether they watched it or not, whether they chose to watch it or not, we don't know. But we do know that they didn't give the evidence to the defendants. We did know that the investigation was headed by Nancy Pelosi. We do know that Nancy Pelosi purposely withheld information from the sergeant at arms to the Republican counterparts. We do know that they purposely try to stifle the police force, the National Guard, the Sergeant Arms, all of them, from actually having protection at the Capitol. We, I know from your show that you guys, Mike, you and Nate, watched the onslaught, the insurrection. I know that days afterwards that your news producer, uh, Rick, talked about how uh, a policeman was killed with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. But that that was found, found not to be true. Um, exactly. Jeff, we're well, we're up we on got, time here. I apologize, but we have a hard out coming up here. Um, it's the end of our show. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. We'll talk more about this tomorrow if you want. We're on a 20-hour break. We'll see you tomorrow. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos. News Talk KBOI. Once again, Bronco Monday on Tuesday, no Labor Day yesterday. Bob Beeler with us once again. We're talking about the latest game with the Washington Huskies. Talking about that, also looking ahead to the UCF game on Saturday. Coach Avalos yesterday met the media. and He wrapped up the Washington game saying there were some good things in the game. For the first quarter and, and up until nine minutes into that second quarter, we were in character and we were playing. We were in rhythm. It wasn't perfect by any means, but we were doing a good job at the line of scrimmage. Um, um, on both sides of the ball, we want to find a way to create more pressure, you know, on the quarterback defensively. But at, at, on the line of scrimmage, on both sides of the ball, we played pretty well. Um, and there was a gap in there, uh, you know, in that second quarter of about seven minutes where we fell out of character. And we've got to be able to have that next play mentality where we, we snap right back next play um, and focus on the plan and execute our responsibility. And ultimately, that starts with us as coaches and making sure that we don't have those laps in, in how we prepare, how we train, um, and get our guys ready. Because, um, yeah, up until nine minutes in the, in the second quarter against the number 10 team in the nation, we were winning 9-7. to seven, And then we gave up 21 points. We fell out of rhythm on offense. We had some three and outs. And... Uh, a uh, interception and you know those are things that we can fix and when we, we knew that coming out of the game but when you go back and watch the film it is very evident that it is very controllable things that uh, we can uh, that we've already started to work on 
He talked also about how Washington defended Green. Green really didn't get out to run much in the game, and a lot of that was Washington. Well, I think that the, most teams are going to have a game plan um, to make sure that that quarterback number, you know, is obviously uh, defended. And so at times there's going to be opportunities, and at other times there's not going to be based off of what a defense is working to take away. Um, and so for us as a, as a staff, we do have um, – well, I'll say in the last game, there were over 10 plays called that were read-type plays um, you know, for the quarterback. And so it really comes down to um, what we have in in terms of the structure and what a, what a defense is doing. All right, let's move on to UCF. They beat Kent State 56-6 to on Thursday. Their offense over 300 yards rushing, over 300 yards passing. They come in as the number one ranked passing team in the country after week one. Another dynamic quarterback into the second week um, that that has a lot of personnel, a lot of talent, a lot of speed around him. Uh, coming to play another offense that is uh, was very very productive in the first week and is coming out of the first week as the number one offense. Uh, you know, in terms of yards and put up a lot of points in the first game. Uh, but we see a quarterback who is. Uh, very efficient through the air within their their uh, plan of attack in the in the pass game, and is one of the fastest players on the field as well. Um, he's proven to do that over the course of the last two years in terms of being able to uh, uh, be a, a numbers. Uh, he is obviously a number in the run game that you got to account for. Then obviously in the passing game, being able to extend or turn a pass play into a run play with uh, his explosiveness. And he's speaking of quarterback John Rice Plumley, transfer from Ole Miss, second season as the starter now with UCF. Great athlete, runs it, throws it, and also plays on the baseball team for UCF. Their defense had a big game, allowed just two field goals, 2.6 yards a carry on the ground, and they only gave up 38% completions. The defense is good, too, for the Knights. I mean, it's a big physical. I mean, it's a fast defense now. Uh, they got some length in the secondary. We already spoke about the defensive front. Um, they were disruptive last year. They got some guys back from that front last year. Uh, they held um, their opponent to six points and, and really a limited amount of yardage uh, as, as, a, as a whole, you know, under 250 yards as a whole. So uh, they were pretty good in their first opportunity. And, and uh, there's, there's some, uh, there'll be definitely, as in any game, some matchup things that we got to be very aware of. Going to be a tough game. This is going to be a great game with UCF. Uh, they The Knights won two years ago in 21 down there, 36-31 in a back-and-forth kind of game. And uh, I, I think this is going to be one of the better teams to come in here. Should be a great game. Boise State had their chance to win that game, obviously. Um, it, it's still not a sellout as of yet. Uh, it would be great, and I know that uh, the coach is pushing a sellout because when the, the, you got more people there, it's louder, and it makes a difference to the players. It does. It absolutely does, and uh, I think that uh, this is a game with, with a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I think, again, one of the better games matching up this week in the country. Um, you haven't had a chance to start watching uh, video yet, but you have started to look into the game. Um, worries for Boise State when it comes to this week. I mean, last week we were able to say, all right, if you can somehow find to control the quarterback last <laughs> week and slow him down, you, you may have a chance to win. What are we looking at for strengths this week? From- I, I think it's the same thing, although this quarterback is different. This guy will run it as well as throw it. I mean, we, we could see two quarterbacks run for 100 yards this week. It's possible. 
All right, we'll take a break. Once again, it is Bronco Monday. Stay tuned. Coming up here, if you uh, listen to the post game on Saturday, you know what the uh, play of the game was. We've got the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game, where every week we'll give you a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. If you listen in, you know what the play of the game was. Uh, we'll do that coming up here in just about 10 minutes. And then, of course, we'll start giving away tickets to the Boise State game uh, coming up this weekend. We have more tickets than anybody else. Your first chance to win will be coming up. Texting to win after 9 o'clock. Listen for that cue to text. More on the way from Bronco Monday coming up next. News Talk KBOI.